You're listening to Alternative Thinking, Both Sides of the Coin, a production of the Canadian Association of Alternative Strategies and Assets, where we explore today's markets and alternative investments from two distinct perspectives. In this episode, we speak with a Toronto real estate developer and an outsourced investment and operations due diligence professional to institutions and family offices, as they discuss the importance of leadership during these turbulent times and how having a long-term investment thesis is crucial in order to make it through periods of market volatility and unprecedented challenges to individuals, businesses, and governments. James Brown is the president and co-founder of CASA. All opinions expressed during the show by James and our show guests remain their own and should be used for informational and educational purposes only. Find out more about CASA at casa.ca. Welcome, this is James Baron with CASA, and this is our podcast on April 1st, and we have uh, two distinguished folk, uh, gentlemen here, uh, Ranjan Baduri with Bodhi Research Group, and Tarek Adi with Adi Capital. Uh, Ranjan comes from a broad background of uh, global uh, asset management and strategies, and uh, Tarek's going to give us a bit of a, a more granular view of real estate, specifically within the, uh, the GTA We'll start with the introductions, and we'll start with uh, Ranjan, please. Uh, thank you so much, James and uh, and the Casa, uh, for for organizing this. Uh, very very delighted to be participating. And uh, as as James stated, I'm with Bodhi Research Group. I'm the founder and CEO. Uh, Bodhi Research Group started in uh, August of 2017. Our clients are typically pensions, family offices, endowments, institutional investors, and uh, we are providing research and education in the alternative investment sphere. This includes uh, uh, portfolio diagnostics, manager research, due diligence, uh, structuring structuring in terms of managed account uh, platform, uh, due diligence and implementation selection, so forth. Right, thanks. And then right now you're 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 located in in well typically in Toronto, but you're you're talking out of your uh, your Hamilton head office right now. And then just up the road, we have Tarek in uh, in Burlington. So let, let's hear about what you've been doing, Tarek. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, for having me, guys. Uh, you know, James, thanks, uh, Ron, John. Pleasure uh, pleasure uh, being on on the podcast with you today as well. Um, so Adi uh, Adi Capital Partners um, is the uh, asset management arm um, for Adi Development Group. So Adi Development Group is our uh, subsidiary uh, development company. Uh, and what we primarily do uh, is uh, we're in the opportunistic uh, multifamily space. Um, you know, currently we're we're uh, we're managing about two point one billion dollars. Um, under development, um, we we've uh, started the company back in 2007, um, and since then have grown it into uh, a 200-person shop, and uh, we continue to grow and diversify. So, um, Addy Capital Partners uh, is the asset management arm um, that is uh, that is in the market now, um, raising capital uh, for our opportunistic vehicle. So. Um, in a nutshell, we've got offices uh, both in Toronto and Burlington, um, and uh, we've got developments uh, across the GTA, primarily focused uh, in the downtown core in Toronto and uh, uh, and the Halton region, primarily at the moment. Great, thanks. So, maybe let's uh, talk more about that. You have uh, you've been going for fifteen years or so, and I imagine started like like most with a rather 
like dedicated expert staff and grew from there to 200. Wow. Um, how, how did that come about? How did you, uh, how did you manage that growth and be able to keep your focus and keep good staff and also appeal to, uh, to investors? Mm -hmm. Well, I always say this when we first started, uh, you know, we were, I was about, I was 27 and my partner was 26 at the time. Uh, and you know, as you guys know, this is a really high barrier to entry business. Um, and you know, you're not going to see two kids in a dorm room, uh, effectively enter the real estate market, uh, like they would do into the tech space. Um, so it's a little bit more of a, of a difficult, uh, business to get into. It's very capital intensive, very, uh, intellectual capital intensive. Um, but you know what, we had a, we had a vision and it initially started with, you know, let's, let's, let's build a building. And then it slowly turned into, mm. okay, we've got five and now let's, you know, let's build a company. And I think your priorities are very different when you're doing, uh, either or, um, you know, building a building is, uh, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not easy. And, you know, that's why opportunistic returns, uh, you know, tend to be in the, uh, you know, high double digits and, and, uh, 20s. Uh, but, uh, you know, from, from building a company perspective, uh, you know, talent is scarce, uh, as mature as we think the real estate industry or the development scene in the GTA is, it's actually quite immature, um, in comparison to the U S and, you know, we were out in the U S and, and, uh, we're representing, uh, you know, Toronto and, in, in a, in a few different conferences and just to hear, uh, number one, the the sheer size of the market share and then the talent pool available to some people out there compared to what we're facing. It's, uh, you know, it's it's uh, the talent pool is quite challenging. Um, and it's one of those industries where, you know, no two companies are structured the same. Uh, by that is, you know, you've got you've got groups that have, you know, uh, uh, analysts slash development managers that pretty much run the whole process start to end. You've got others that are more siloed and, uh, you know, work in different departments and, uh, you know, some are very small, some are family based. Uh, and then you've got some of the, you know, larger, uh, larger developers. But again, if you actually look at the opportunistic scene in Toronto today, specifically in the residential side, uh, it's mostly mom and pop operators, you know, albeit, you know, have potentially 50 or 60 or 80 year track records, uh, but they're still family run businesses. Um, but it's uh, it, it's a changing landscape, I think. And so, you know, for us, we uh, we saw the opportunity, you know, at a young age to to scale the business. And, and we did. And so we were able to attract, um, you know, institutional outside capital. Um, and again, like I said, your priorities change, you're building a building to building a company. And now you're thinking more, you know, processes and operational excellence, uh, around everything that you do. And we're, we're mm -hmm. self-integrated. That's awesome. And I guess, uh, Ranja, your, your, your clientele, like you said, runs the gamut as well from families that are investing, uh, not necessarily into real estate, uh, tons of other stuff, all the way up to the largest institutions in the world. Um, how, uh, how have you seen? Maybe we'll get more current. Uh, how have you seen them them react to what's been happening with the uh, with the uh, coronavirus uh, COVID nineteen crisis? No, thank you. I will answer that. But I also want to um, just uh, do one one uh, quick shout out to Tariq, uh, mm -hmm. just stating that I know uh, I know Addy Investments has one of the very finest COOs, uh, Ryan Gonzalez, who's a, who's a, a friend of mine and who I. <laughs> pleasure and privilege of uh, collaborating with 
um, at some of his previous shops and uh, just uh, top-notch, world-class uh, talent. There you so, go. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for that. I'll let him know you said that. Yeah, no, it's it's for the whole world to hear, right? And uh, and uh, I <laughs> yeah. really I really think uh, you know, so I'm not surprised uh, that, that good things are continuing to happen for your organization. Uh, that was obviously very strong even before his arrival. So um, no, my, my pleasure. And I I um, uh, James. So to answer your question, a lot of my clients have handled this very very well in terms of uh, from an operational perspective, but it is a situation where there's a lot of unknown unknowns out there right now, and there's a lot of different kinds of scenarios that could play out, mm -hmm. and these have very, you know, a very wide-ranging uh, array of ramifications. Uh, in general, groups are wanting to tighten up and to be more liquid and uh, be very careful and sort of you know, try to be prudent as well as to take advantage of certain investment opportunities. So it's 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 really a situation where, you know, it's it's not anything you know that any of us have really seen at this scale, to this scale in any of our lifetimes. Uh, I I I was I did work. Uh, it's pretty pretty young professional, but I had been working. You know, many years ago when SARS happened, we had to spring mm -hmm. into action right away. But it's totally not at this scale. It is a very exciting time, you know, not to diminish the, the, the human mm -hmm. element, which is the most important thing. Obviously, this is a tragedy. But from an investment perspective, uh, this is a Darwin moment. Only the strong businesses are going to survive. And there will be a lot of opportunity. Uh, and meanwhile, as I stated in the beginning, there's a lot of different scenarios that could play out, uh, and these are, you know, these are so wide-ranging that there's, you know, it's it's a very complex uh, complex moment. And so you're seeing the um, like say say for a larger pension plan, I don't know if you're privy to this, but like many of them own things like airports and such. Are they just looking to get through this and and move on, and they're holding that probably for the next hundred years, or are there Kind of rethinking it on a more of a is this a secular trend or um or what, what, what do you think is happening in their minds just full disclosure i haven't i i do have um, a lot of friends in infrastructure and so forth but i don't i haven't like this is just my conjecture but it's so i haven't had a specific conversation with any specific yeah. group uh so please don't read yeah, please because some people know i know x or i know y and they might uh, extrapolate incorrectly that it's it applying to this group or that group. Uh, but it's a situation where I think the first and foremost, there's so much happening across all different fronts that, you know, something like an infrastructure long-term investment, there's not such a worry with regards to that, right? Like if you have a long-term investment with an airport, now is not the time to be, you know, trying to get out of that. There's there's more important things to be doing in the portfolio. And quite honestly, if you if you did your initial mm -hmm. investment and analysis and due diligence uh, in a sound way, uh, most likely it's still going to be you know fine through the passage of time. But I do I do think that it is a situation where you know for hedge funds that are looking at you know that are doing fundamental analysis on different 
different kinds of stocks in a discretionary kind of way, there's, there's, it is a situation where there's mm -hmm. going to be certain industries that, um, that wind up doing really, really well after this and others that um, are going to struggle for, for potentially a long time. And then maybe in the microcosm that is GTA or GTA slash Burlington. Um, what, what do you think, Tarek? Like, obviously you're, you, 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 you had a reason to get into, into multi-res um, and how, how is that being, how is, has that changed at all? Or is it more like, here's an opportunity to, to, uh, to, to maybe do more? Yeah, I mean, look, from a from a revenue recognition perspective, um, you know, real estate development's a net five to seven year play anyway, um, right? So it's not like right. we're um, looking at, um, uh, you know, closings that are happening on a monthly basis. Now, if you're a home builder operation, I, I would say they would probably be in a little bit more trouble, um, specifically mm. have an order book and they're closing, uh, you know, a subdivision or multiple subdivisions with, you know, 30, 40, 50 homes. Um, you know, I think they will have, uh, you know, a serious uh, cash flow situation. But, uh, you know, I think what's happening now, the paradigm shift um, with development is most of it is moving to, to more of the high rise, um, high density uh, multifamily stuff. So, again, I mean, one of the biggest uh, one of these issues with our industry, which is why we're looking at operations now to streamline those is, is uh, you know, how do we get from uh, from acquisition to closing as quick as possible, as quick as humanly possible. So, but again, even though, you know, I think at our last check, we're, we're almost close to like a billion dollars in sales uh, sitting on the books, but yet unrecognized because we're still developing and constructing these projects. Uh, you know, we're not, you can't record that revenue. And, and frankly, you know, you have to rely on other sources yeah. of capital uh, and and uh, you know fee revenues and fee streams to uh, to to keep uh, to keep the lights on, um, but you know to say that uh, you know nothing has changed is uh, is probably wildly inaccurate. Um, we've got multiple sites that are uh, under construction now uh, and or started construction, and uh, you know just based on you know where the lending uh, environment was. Um, you know, we're not getting the warm and fuzzies from some of our lenders. And, uh, you know, we had some other um, acquisitions that, you know, had to be delayed, um, you know, as because the, the credit markets and the equity markets have obviously uh, tightened up a little bit. Um, but from a construction and constructability perspective, and we operate to uh, two trade divisions as well. So we're extremely close to to the union environment and to the worker environment. Um, you know, Essential. Um, I think, uh, you know, construction is an essential part of the uh, uh, Canadian economy and the provincial economy. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, you can't force somebody to come to work. So, you know, some of the things we had to do immediately and I, you know, kudos to our team and our construction teams and our operations teams. Um, you know, we, we, we took uh, serious security measures, um, shut down, you know, construction access gates to one gate and having it manned by, you know, multiple security guards um, that were trained to pre-checklist and, and, you know, question every person coming into the site every single morning, right? So that was, that was kind of step one. Um, we actually had to source, you won't believe this, we actually had to source gallons and gallons of commercial 99% isopropyl alcohol because sanitizers were sold out everywhere. Uh, and we had our operations teams actually mix, uh, you know, through they found a recipe somehow on how to make the stuff. 
but they had to mix an 80, uh, an all natural 85% uh, alcohol sanitization blend. Uh, and they furnished it all across the site to ensure that, you know, every trade was disinfecting um, prior to coming into the site. And then once we, they were in the site, they were doing that regularly. Uh, we added, uh, you know, six wash stations. Um, and now what we're doing is we've just put an order in for something like 400 uh, plexiglass face masks um, that are washable and, you know, are disinfectable, I guess you could say. Um, that the workers can also uh, wear during the workday. And obviously just, you know, being smart about it, you know, we really uh, jumped into action and, and uh, you know, work closely with our uh, union partners and um, our trade partners to make sure that, you know, they were safe. This is where true leaders shine, I think, in, in times like this, because it's, it's up to us as leaders to make people feel safe and be safe. If people aren't showing up, it means they don't feel safe. And if they don't feel safe, it's because we haven't made them feel safe. And so we have to take responsibility as leaders. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize you had to think about so many different areas. Um, we just think in the financial industry, which, uh, you know, you, you're there, but then you also have this actual physical thing going on. Um, you know, Ranja and I just kind of get on a plane and and, uh, and write down stuff. So it's uh, it's very interesting. And I've seen quite a few construction sites around my my place is this new Starbucks came up and I guess they finished it. So they're not there anymore, but I was wondering how long are they going to keep, keep working before, um, before, you know, the government makes them come off the, off the site. What, what are you seeing Ron John in terms of timelines for folks? We hear about all the measures that people are taking, but how long do you think this will last? Like, is it like a few more weeks or Trudeau today said Q2 is a write off. It's going to be till the, till July when people are isolating at least. Um, we kind of think 12 to 18 months, but, uh, when do you think things are going to get back to whatever this, whatever the new normal is without a hundred percent webinars and, and, uh, phone calls? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a very, very good question. I, I'll answer that. I, I just want to make a few comments on, you know, I, uh, what, uh, Tariq stated as well, though. I mean, I think there was a, there's a tremendous insight in, in stating, you know, about the importance of leadership and, uh, and and making sure that you know your 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 team is feeling safe uh, and are safe, and and this is really going to be you know a game changer in 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 our um, in the in the finance world in terms of like even before well before uh, all of this uh, coronavirus, uh, ESG has been gaining more and more and more popularity, and um, and. Uh, this is something that I think there's going to be profound impacts uh, because it's it, there's lives at stake. So if you're a company and you're a bad actor uh, by not doing your you know proper duty and um, you know and and exposing people where you, where you know you can't you know assure safety, mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be problems afterwards. I mean, lots of problems uh, um, and. It's already starting to happen. I mean, uh, um, uh, in 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 the in the in the press, there's been uh, in the UK, uh, Regis has been facing criticism because of, of various types of uh, of their behavior and so forth. And uh, I don't want to get into specifics about specific you know companies and so forth, but because that's already in the press, uh, I can I can mention that and. Uh, it's 
you know, it's places that uh, if, if, if you ignore the situation, uh, it's going to, it's going to come back and, and uh, hurt your, you know, hurt your stock price in, in, mm -hmm. in a very grave way. And I think that these are things that ESG, there's going to be a whole, whole different way when, when in, investors are doing due diligence to find out how companies are, um, you know, how they, what they did during this time, right? Like, and how they, how they made their decisions, what actions they took, and there will be ramifications and consequences and activist hedge funds will, you know, uh, will, the good ones will take, um, take, take measures to, to get their clients, um, you know, healthy profits. Uh, and so, I mean, it, it is worth maybe I should mention what we did and then and then I'll talk about the timeline. But um, at Bodhi Research Group, immediately, like I I sent out a, a team email and then have, we had a team call. But in the, the key measures that we took were I, I established an external task force. I implemented remote working. And even for myself, this was before, you know, the prime minister and all the officials said, you know, that if you can work from home, work from home. And then I just reminded folks of uh, health and hygiene. But it, at the same time, you know, it's an opportunity. Like um, time is the most valuable resource. I, For inspiration, I, I point to uh, Sir Isaac mm -hmm. Newton, who, you know, uh, was an undergraduate during the Great Plague, and he got sent home uh, from, from college. And, and, um, mm -hmm. and then he, uh, he spent his time inventing calculus and discovering the laws of gravity so uh, so what do we expect a lot from you Ranjan, no no no, you know. no I'm, I'm not saying that but i'm just saying you know it's how you use the time right like and 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 that's always true but we have an opportunity here um you know to to try to you know it, it is a darwin moment now as as to the timeline I, I've been trying to avoid that the that question, James, because I I don't know. Like I I have to say, I it could be you know twelve to eighteen months. It could it could be a you know a sequel. It could be it could be done you know in a in a couple of months, like and and so forth. And so I call it the new not normal um, because you know this is this is <laughs> not normal from a statistical. It's an outlier. I think that right now it also depends what exactly the organization's doing like for um you know trading firms uh they will be adjusting mm -hmm. their strategy congruent to you know congruent to uh these kinds of new conditions and um and for institutional investors i mean i think that part of it is liquidity uh is is extremely important and and there's going to be opportunities so if you are able to have some dry powder to be able to deploy for some of these opportunities, and some of them might be co-investments. I think that that's another area that could be could be very very interesting. Some well-established hedge funds that have been closed have have reopened uh, for because you know they know that there will be opportunities, and so uh, so I think it's 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 across the board. But I don't think it's a situation really where. Anybody has the answer is that, you know, one year, 18 months, two months, uh, but everybody has to be making adjustments to their business, to their portfolio, 
to to um to you know their deliverables yeah yeah it's something that's going to be with us i well yeah we kind of went through that as well and um i think until until you're not going to like take home something to your mom like you, until there's a vaccine because it won't die over the summer necessarily at all um and the way it spreads like we have no idea actually the cure rate's like 19 percent for those that have recovered for um our total cases, the ones that recovered over the ones that have that have that have that have died from this, um, it's actually very high. We don't even know how many people have have COVID, but um, and some people may have been misdiagnosed, like they've they they died from it, but they they didn't know. That's probably a smaller fraction, but yeah, it's it's it'll be with us for for quite a while. So what what's Tarek? What what are, what are you doing going forward? Like you 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 have opportunities, I guess, and there's there's other investments, you have a fund, uh, I, imagine, I don't know if you're in, in a race for that, but if there's, uh, how are you guys positioning? Because things are really, like, good Good news is people will not leave their homes. So they're going to definitely have that. If it was more commercial, that might be more trouble. But but how, how are you guys taking, uh, if I can say, taking advantage of this or, or uh, look, looking ahead maybe in the next two or three years of your, say, five or seven year cycle of, of real estate uh, development? So, I mean, there's going to be opportunities for sure, um, specifically with, um, you know, plazas, for example, that are going to struggle to make uh, to make the rent payments because, uh, you know, frankly, some of their tenants are either likely going to default. And this goes back to Ranjan's point on on liquidity. Um, you know, I think the retail and commercial sectors, namely retail, though, because, you know, if you run a plaza that's got a bunch of mom and pop. Uh, you know, businesses and they, they can't open their doors. Um, you know, there's there's going to be some defaults out there, right? Um, and it's uh, to you as a landlord to, and again, there's a there's a bit of a trickle down effect to that too, because it's not just okay they don't pay the rent, but then the landlord can't pay his debt service, and so then that's another trickle down effect and another conversation on you know interest capitalization, interest deferral if you are a investor in debt. Um, and so, you know, for me, the chain, um, you know, it, it's, it's imperative that people work together during this time. Um, because the last thing you want to do as a landlord uh, is end up with, uh, you know, 100% vacancy or an 80% vacancy in a time yeah. like this. Uh, that helps no one, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and so, you know, if you're an entrepreneur now and you're thinking about, you know, setting up a business, I think you're probably second guessing that now. Uh, because you're likely using your savings to uh, to basically keep your family fed for the time being, um, so that, you know there's a there's a bigger socioeconomic impact um, stemming from this that that would impact real estate. But again, I, I, I would I would think that um, you know big institutional players that are um, you know working with uh, with bigger businesses that are renting office uh, downtown Toronto or or in bigger sort of metropolises like that. I think. Um, no, I think they'll be okay. Um, uh, but again, if you've got a good, solid multinational tenant base, um, you know, big recognizable brands and names with with, uh, with liquidity, and still, in, you know, still have an ability to generate income, i.e., you know, whether you're a, an IT firm or you're an accounting firm, like you know, our accountants did not stop working just because of this. They're still at home. They're still billing. Same with lawyers. <laughs> Same with legal, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they, they'll still be able to pay the rents, right? But it, it gets problems when you're, when you're looking at plazas. But, you know, where there's problems, there's opportunities. And so now, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at those opportunities to say, okay, you know, if we've approached you a while back and you said you weren't a seller, I'm sure you've probably changed your mind now. 
Um, and uh, you might want to reconsider that that position. Uh, there's other things too, right? Like municipalities are closed down, you know, getting inspections done and, uh, you know, getting building permits done. So, you know, think about the industry and some, uh, you know, some of those smaller, you know, building industries, uh, you know, they're going to get impacted too. Um, you know, I'll tell you our sales offices as well, they're, they're closed. Um, we're, we're doing virtual uh, appointments if you are really interested. And uh, um, I can, you know, tell you right now definitively that, you know, I don't think anybody's in the mood to buy a condo right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, uh, so again, uh, we're not discounting or doing anything like that. I mean, we're still, we're in it for the longer term. Um, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't hit us that close, but um, you know, as a, as a, as a, as an investor now, whether you're in debt or you're in equity uh, in, in real estate, it's uh, you know, I would be very cautious. Um, you know, I don't think this will be done by April or May. I think there will be longer term ramifications to this. Uh, and of course there's a, you know, what we call a uh, remobilization period, which I think is going to take some time uh, mm-hmm. More of that social comfort and security aspect of it that's now some of it's uh, some of it's eroded with all this uh, i think i said this uh, you know somebody earlier you know people are likely going to be shaking hands as much as they used to so maybe like a star trek uh you know uh, a distant handshake might be the norm moving forward um uh, but uh you know you look at businesses like ours now where you know let's say you were you were building a multifamily building and you were expecting to have it occupied now um you know we're in that situation now. We've had to, uh, you know, push those occupancies out and now look for creative ways to, you know, do remote occupancies and remote interim occupancies. Um, you know, the regulatory industries like Terion uh, has allowed us to do things like PDIs and free delivery inspections and all that stuff uh, on our own without having to bring homeowners in. And they've right. also, you know, obviously to say this is a bit of a force majeure act of God situation. So if you were going to occupy, you know, you're not going to get hit with any penalties or delays um, on that. And so, you know, they've been quite forgiving with that. But again, That's if, good. Or if you're looking to occupy right now, this is a bit of a, a, a delicate time. And we were literally occupying in the next 30 days. Um, so we're going to have to uh, see how that plays out. And uh, positive is rates are going down. So, uh, you know, we're seeing uh, a, a short, uh, short relief in that, you know, prime, everything we do commercially is a prime, it's prime based lending, whether it's prime plus or prime minus. Uh, so, you know, we're seeing some, some positivity coming from that um, in, in the form of interest relief. Well, we're actually almost at time. Uh, Ranjan, what would you say, what, what's your counsel for investors now for your, for your clients? I mean, they, they, they look to you for like, maybe rather specific advice on how to do diligence and set up their portfolios, but and do a lot maybe of the uh, the day to day stuff uh, from their uh, portfolio managers. But how how would you um, counsel them now with with all this stuff going on? Yeah, no, it's it's a good question, and I I, I think that it's. You know, it, it, it's, it's always going to vary. I think some general things is one shouldn't be panicking, like trying to make transactions without doing the proper kind of due diligence. Part of the problem is, in general, you know, it's been a situation where too, where too much debt has been taken. It, it seems to me perplexing that, you know, companies that are really, you know, well, well-established companies are 
you know, as aggressive as they are uh, without thinking about different kinds of scenarios and, and thinking about the longer run. In the last financial crisis, and this is, you know, far different than that, but, you know, the people like Warren Buffett and, and, and George Soros, uh, they were the ones who were, you know, when the whole, everybody's selling, they were the ones who were able to get excellent deals because they, they had the liquidity and they had the patience and so forth. So, um, yeah. so these are, these are things that are, um, these are things that are, uh, are, are broader economic kind of, uh, principles and lessons. But one thing that I will state for the institutional investor and family office world is this is a, a, a good eye opener in terms of, you know, the merits of having an absolute absolute return portfolio, because um, you can't just always say, okay, stocks and bonds, uh, you know, forever. Yeah. I think people have realized it's patently ridiculous. Yeah. It's not going to do, not going to do you justice in the long run because everything's going to, everything's going to correlate, but alternatives are not like, uh, like Tarek stuff isn't, isn't correlating with anything probably. <laughs> uh, I think the other thing is, is that uh, within absolute return portfolio, they seem to have a blind spot with CTAs and managed futures, and it should be uh, a, a, there should be a substantial amount of each por- each institutional investor portfolio that has an, a, a, a core allocation to managed futures, and um, and I, I find it that it's almost that's the leading indicator of when the when the stock market's going to crash is when everybody is saying Grand Following's dead or you know, or, or, or short-term CTAs, and there's such a diverse set of strategies in managed futures today. But it's, um, I think that that's another lesson, right? Like, so uh, the the clients that I have, I mean, it, they're outliers. They're smart. They use Bodhi Research Group, so they're they're in good shape. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. And, and Tark, Tark, we've seen some idea, some uh, some people saying that, yeah, after we come out of this. Then yeah, the the pe- real estate's gonna fly off the shelf uh, because people have been waiting. Obviously, there's no open houses occurring now, and rates, like you say, are low. And mortgage rates, they popped up a little bit, but you know, generally, they will probably follow the rest of the the, the prime rates and such down. So, uh, you see happier days ahead, or or and and then uh, how would you position what you're doing with investors, um, or is it just the same? If it's just the same thing, that's cool too. If it's like we're in a seven year seven-year development cycle. This is a a hundred-year like real estate cycle. We're just going to keep pumping. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, whenever we speak to investors, uh, you know, I have a saying, investors in real estate tend to be uh, somewhat, uh, somewhat, uh, you know, bipolar in a way uh, because one second they want, you know, liquidity and they want, you know, quick returns. And then the other, the other side of the coin is they want to keep the capital out as long as they possibly can generating those. <laughs> yeah. so it's a bit of a, a bit of a flip-flop. And so, you know, I, I uh, you know, whenever I speak to the investors, um, we have a long-term view anyway, right? Like we're, we're working on even internally 10 year plans um, for the company uh, and, and what, what that all looks like. And so, you know, you're not, when you look that far out, you're not really swayed by, that I'm going to call the short-term blips um, that can really, um, you know, create panic for you if you're really speculating or looking for those short-term, uh, short-term returns. So our, our uh, pool is not a liquid pool. Uh, it's not, they're not liquid investments. They are long-term 
uh, you know, uh, uh, investments that ride these, uh, you know, short term uh, mini waves, I'm going to call that the economy uh, kind of puts out. And again, we just have to time the cycles. And, you know, you, you talk to, you know, the people at, you know, the bigger home builders, they all know that in the soft times, homes still sell, um, you know, albeit they sell for a little bit less, there might be some margin erosion. <laughs> yeah, there's always a clearing price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're still you're still moving the product, right? And so we try not to get caught up in the ups and downs. Um, you know, we try to keep it even keel. And, you know, frankly, um, you know, we always have that customer first thinking. It's a first principle thinking that, that we have at the company. Uh, and by taking care of the customer, we're taking care of the investor. And then, you know, if you take care of your people uh, on top of that, which, you know, goes back to the leadership piece, uh, then that also takes care of the investor as well. So that's, uh, you know, that's how we see it um, at Addy. And, uh, you know, we don't get too caught up in the uh, in the micro shifts. We focus uh, we focus on the long term and we generate, uh, you know, some some pretty outsized returns uh, because of that. That's awesome. So you win, you win in the short term by uh, by focusing on the long term. It's great advice from from both of you. Seeing uh, you know wealth of experience from many different areas, and also like I say, the the focused area of the of real estate and um, really running it like a business instead of uh, like you say maybe a, a few a couple guys build, building houses. You're actually building a bit of a legacy there, maybe a bit of a, a real estate dynasty. We'll see. Um, so thank you both. Thank you, uh, Tarek and Ranjan for your time. And, uh, we look forward to having you both on another, uh, another one of our podcasts soon. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Tarek. Uh, thank you, James. Uh, thank you, uh, for listening uh, up there. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you, Ranjan. It was a pleasure, uh, sharing the, uh, the mic with you and, uh, thank you, Casa and James and the rest of the team for, uh, for putting this together.